It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Reds still have some work to do as we move through this trade deadline eve. We'll get to what's cooking on the trade deadline stove after we look at the Reds' hot tear that Jonathan India has been on on in a couple of key unknowns who we want to know more about on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms, including YouTube. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside co-host Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion and turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to discuss a red hot red, uh, the one and only Jonathan India, who continues to just Ding the baseball. Uh, we'll also tell you something that the Reds and the Yankees have in common this year. And we'll get you set for a wild run up to the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a new vehicle, just grab your phone and go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. Uh, There is a Cincinnati Red that is on fire right now, Jeff. You might say he is, in fact, red hot. That is Jonathan India. As you like to say, he is back. And he's barreling. He is absolutely back, Steve. At great performances all around for Jonathan India, who after he came off of the IL, we were really worried about him. He was struggling very mightily, whether you looked at in the field or at the plate. And it just looked like he was lost, like he wasn't seeing pitches. He didn't have a feel for his swing. Now all of that's good. All of it's good to go because dude has been tearing the cover off of the baseball. He is slugging 689 in the last 15 games. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. And this is really changing, I think, how we feel about this lineup moving forward. Oh, absolutely. You know, you talk about the last 15 games for Jonathan India. He has gone 21 for 62 in that time frame with five home runs and 12 RBIs. I mean, it's been good for a slash line, Jeff. You know, as you mentioned with his slugging, his slash line is 344, 420, 689 and continuing to move up. Uh, It's a very it's it is time to be in on Jonathan India right now. Yeah, 15 games, 21 hits. I mean, that's that's pretty phenomenal right there. And you're talking about a dude that with this hot streak, he's taken his OPS plus where it was in the dumps. I think like it had gotten as low as like in the 60s at one point. It's now up to 94. And that's, you know, that's based on his entire hitting profile. You absolutely love to see it because... I think we all understand Jonathan India is part of the core of this team moving forward. And if a core member of this team is batting 210, I don't think we're as enthused about how the future looks. But as he continues to get better, so does our future outlook. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we always watch for that sophomore slump and especially for a player that's coming off of a rookie of the year campaign. You, you watch to see if that was real. Was that a fluke? What's going to happen when the league adjusts to him? Is he going to be able to move forward? But sorry, I had a, a, a thing go off over here, Jeff. Sorry about that. Uh, got, a little, got a little distracted. Listen, where I'm going with this is this. He's working on his season. He's putting it together. He's pulling those numbers up. Last year, his OPS plus was 116. His weighted runs created plus was 122. That was his rookie of the year campaign. There's a lot of baseball left to play for him. And as you mentioned, his OPS plus right now is at 94. His weighted runs created plus sits at 99. There is time for him still to get those numbers up and actually surpass what he did in his rookie season yeah and I love what he the whole adjustment thing that he does because he did it so well in his rookie season that was really the thing that won him that award because we saw it early on he was hitting the cover off the ball in April looked like he might have been getting a little bit lucky on the BABIP and then people adjusted and then he adjusted to them and he was able to keep that adjustment going throughout the rest of the year. And then it seemed like the book was out on him again after he came back from injury this year and he's made the adjustment. Jonathan India is a smart baseball player. It's not just that he's got oodles of talent. It's not just that he's an athletic dude. He's also got the mind for baseball. And I think that that is something that so often we kind of discount because we look at stats and we look at how they perform, but it's about the mental game. You know, I, I know it's a football thing, but you know, as John Madden said, you know, 65% of the game is 99% mental or something like that. I don't know. I think that translates to baseball as well because he has got the mind for baseball. Absolutely. And the other piece of this, Jeff, is the Reds are going to be looking for a leader as all of these youngsters begin to come up starting as soon as the second half of this year. And I think that because Jonathan India is now performing so well coming off his rookie of the year campaign, he's getting some, you know, some street cred for lack of a better way to describe it. You know, I think these youngsters will listen to him when they get here. And it's part of that, na that natural transition that we've talked about many times, Jeff, as to who could be the next face of this franchise, who could be the next leader of the team. And I think that there, is a strong case right now for it to be Jonathan India. And he was a huge reason why the Reds had such a good series against the Baltimore Orioles, which by the way, two out of three, that's another series win against the AL East. Steve, again, are we the best team in the AL East? Well, listen, the Reds have something in common with the New York Yankees this season, and that is dominating the rest of that division. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, C. Trent Rosecrans sent out a tweet uh, after the Reds took this series today, basically saying that now the Reds have, how many was it? Three series victories against yep. the American League East. The Boston Red Sox have none. <laughs> I'll take that. That's a heck of a stat, especially when you consider the fact that I think the Reds are going to play maybe a couple more series against the AL East and, and then we're done because they go or Boston's coming here for a pair of games and do they go? No, no, no. They've already played. New York doesn't come here. Do they? The Yankees. I don't, don't think, play. I don't think so. Yeah. So I think that's it. I, I think mm -hmm. they've got two more games against the Red Sox here at Great American. And that's it for the Reds in the AL East. Yeah. I love the whole thing of them dominating the AL East because the AL East has been so dominant in and of themselves. I mean, the Orioles came in here above 500. They're leaving 
still at 500, but I think they probably looked at this series and said, this is our chance. And the Reds are continuing to play spoiler against those teams that feel that way. The Baltimore Orioles came into this game, Jeff, having not lost consecutive games since July 3rd. So this is the first time since July 3rd that they've lost two games in a row, and those losses came at the hands of the Reds. I love it, Steve. Love it. And Jonathan India was a huge reason for that. I'm going to tell you what, though. There's another guy that was a big reason for the Reds' series win because he played really well on Saturday and Sunday, and he's going to go well into what we have coming up next because we're going to tell you about who we want to see on the active roster for the rest of this season so we know exactly what we have moving forward because this i mean we're talking about spring training 2.0 steve wins and losses day-to-day stuff in that big a deal we need to know what we have and if you want help figuring out who should be on your roster you need to join linkedin today i'm talking about linkedin the best source for you to find your next hire because as your small business grows linkedin jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free yeah i said free everything's going up the price of gas is skyrocketing but you can do this for free. Create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your first listen every single day. The MLB trade line is tomorrow, and Locked On MLB has all of the breakdowns. Locked On Reds will have your rapid reactions for any move that the Reds make right here. You're not going to miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you know exactly when we are ready to go. You can get notifications whether you're subscribed on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast each time we post an episode because the Reds are going to be busy, Steve. And, and we're going to get into that here in just a moment. But first, I want to look at some dudes as we move through the rest of this season, because as fun as it is to talk about our dominance of the AL East and as fun as it is to see the Reds winning series and winning games and things like that, there's more that we need to be focused on that don't necessarily have anything to do with wins and losses. And there are some guys that we need to figure out what they mean to the future of this team. And I want you give me your guy, your guy that you want to see, get that time and get that work in. Well, listen, Jeff, it is no secret that this team is going to be 
fairly bad the rest of the way. And that can be, you know, that can be looked at as just negative all the way around, or you can try and find a silver lining. You can try and find an opportunity. And the opportunity that I want to see is for some young guys to get leg, to get extended, uninterrupted looks in the lineup. And to, to your, to your question, the guy that I want that for the most is Jose Barrero. He has now spent over half of the season at triple A Louisville after, uh, doing injury rehabs and, and not being ready for the major league roster as the front office uh, has deemed it. Now is his time. Whatever happens over the next, you know, day as we approach the trade deadline is going to create openings when we're, we're going to get into that here in this next segment about exactly who is going to be gone, but there's going to be spots. And for me, one of those spots absolutely must be filled with Jose Barrero and he needs to be given a fair chance. I feel like Jeff, that the reds really did a disservice to him in the way that they handled him uh, from the very beginning. If you recall, they brought him up in that wonky shortened 2020 baseball season. There's no fans. There's no, you know, normal travel. Everything is weird. And they bring up this kid uh, because they like some of the flashes he showed out at the alternate site. And they brought him to the active roster because they thought they were out of it. They thought that they were just going to be playing out the rest of this shortened season and they were going to get a look at him. And then suddenly they found themselves in contention and he spent a lot of time riding the bench and the times that he was in, he really was overmatched by major league pitching. And then you get to the 2021 season, Jeff, and I don't feel like he got a fair look. It was always trying to battle for a spot, always trying to battle for playing time, always trying to look, you know, basically looking in front of him and seeing Kyle Farmer, not even looking over his shoulder, Kyle Farmer was given the priority. So for me, you bring Barrero up here and you give him a fair shake. You give him a look, you let him know for the, the remainder of this season, you are starting at this spot six days a week. Yeah. You bring up a good point because he's been the shortstop of the future for like a few years now. And even when he was up for an extended period of time last year, he was not the shortstop of the future because they were playing him in left field. They were playing mm -hmm. him in center field. They were giving him all of these reps, but they were at positions that he didn't play in the minor leagues, like not spots that he was comfortable at. And they were asking him to do stuff. And sure, he started to look a little bit comfortable in center field. So people were thinking, yes, that's where he's going to play. It's, it's just, I, I feel like if I were him, which I'm not a professional athlete, but if I were, I would be super confused and be like, how do I prepare to be of help for this team? And now, you know, you've got triple a pitchers supposedly sub, um, really taking advantage of the fact that he can't hit a slider. And he's just like, what, what, what do I got to do here? I think that he has to figure that out at the major league level. I with, I, I, I agree, but, I'm going to tell you, I got a different guy that I'm looking at and he's actually on the roster right now, but I want him to get extended looks. I want lots of playing time for him, which over the last couple of days he's gotten. And that's Jake Fraley. Injuries have kept him out of the lineup. That's why we haven't seen him. It's not because of ineffectiveness has been because he's been hurt. He was out since April 30th. He got the chance to play for the entire month of April. Well, April 8th to April 30th. And he didn't do much with that. He hit a buck 16. I mean, that's terrible, awful, very bad, but that is also can be explained as a slow start. And then he maybe would have figured it out if he would have stayed healthy. He comes off the injured list, three hit game in his first game back, including a dinger. And then he gets another hit yesterday. He had four hits this weekend, 
which he has nine hits total on the year. So that tells you all you need to know about how April went for him. I need to see more of this dude because he's an athletic outfielder that can play the position pretty well with a decent arm, not a great arm, but a decent arm. And I think that if his bat can come around and I don't know, I just have this feeling not really necessarily a professional scouts opinion here, but I'm thinking Scott Shebler with a little bit less power, but a little bit more contact. I think I'd take that. I mean, I think that's kind of where he's headed, but it depends on, it depends on which Scott Shebler we're talking about here. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I'm going to say the 30 30 home run run Scott Shebler. Let's let's go there. mm, That's where we're looking Yeah, We're not talking about the, yeah, whatever happened after that. No, no, no. But that's, we got to see it. We got to know what we have with Jake Fraley because that's, part of this Seattle Mariners trade in which Winker and Suarez went. And there's still many of people that said that the Reds did terrible on that. Although there are some that say the Reds actually won that trade. We'll see how that plays out over the next couple of years, but he's part of that. And how does he play out and how does he affect the future of this team? We've got to know by him getting extended looks and lots of playing time and not some dude named Aquino. Sure. And, you know, a couple things with, with Fraley, Jeff, uh, he was very candid with Jim day uh, in the post game interview a couple nights ago in saying that, you know, he had some mental aspects of his game and of his health that needed to be work on worked on. And during his rehab assignments, during his time away from the team, he did that, you know, he went out and got a guy and sought professional help and said, he's in the, one of the best places he's ever been in his life. And I think that makes a difference. We talk all the time about the 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 mental impacts of of this game and the mental impacts uh, that can that can build up on a person just in everyday life. So you know, I was excited to hear that. I think that it's really helping him. And clearly, the Reds front office and player evaluation staff saw something in Fraley. Uh, during his time in Seattle that they thought they could either build upon or that that lended itself to being uh, uh, built up at Great American Ballpark for him playing for the Reds. So uh, I think that Fraley will get a good look because him getting playing time and having success makes this front office look better. It makes Nick Crawl look better. It makes the talent evaluators look better. So of, of the guys that will get uh, extended playing time, I'm pretty sure he's going to be one of them as long as he is healthy because uh, a good a good Fraley is a good result for Nick Crawl. Huge. And on top of the fact that the Reds don't seem to have too many lefties in this lineup, something that I want to cover after the trade deadline's over, because there's plenty more to talk about than this right now. I don't know if you've known this or not, Steve, but the platoon splits for this lineup have flipped. They're mm-hmm. actually pretty good against left-handed pitching this year, and they're pretty terrible against right-handed pitching. But a lot of that has to do with a lot less lefties in this lineup, and he is going to be an important piece to the future of this team. You know, Jeff, on top of those two guys, I think there could be an honorable mention candidate here. Uh, We've both talked about a hitter, but let's talk about a pitcher that we want to see in the second half. Now, we've gotten a a decent look so far at the big three of the rookies in Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. But there's another guy coming up to the active roster that's going to have to fill a slot, whether it's what was created by Luis Castillo leaving or a potential deal with Tyler Malley. Uh, Dunn is going to get activated and be brought up to this 
to this lineup. He's going to pitch in this rotation. And he's another guy, I think, Jeff, that uh, success from him is success for this front office. Success for Dunn equals success for the talent evaluators and Nick Crawl and, and the scouting staff that went out and made him part of that deal with the Mariners. So I'm interested to see just exactly how he does in this rotation the rest of the way because this is basically an audition. This is a time for him to lock down a spot in the 2023 rotation, which could be Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, and then Dunn and one of Overton or Williamson or one of these other guys that are working their way up or working their way back. So uh, Dunn's going to be very interesting. I am very intrigued to see him pitch, Steve, because we have the scouting reports. We know what the people said about him whenever the trade went down, but he also missed a significant period of time. And he hasn't pitched in the majors for a while. You kind of hit the reset button on that. Like, I don't think we know what we know about Justin Dunn. I think we got to wait till he gets to the big leagues and see what he can bring to the Reds. Now, part of that is he's got to have a long leash in the rotation. This isn't a thing where I want him to pitch two or three times and them to say, okay, we're pulling the plug, putting him in the bullpen. He's got to start the rest of the year. Come hell or high water. That, that's what I want to see from Justin Dunn because that is how we're going to be able to accurately evaluate at least a little bit because it's still going to be a small sample size in that, I mean, he probably gets, what, maybe eight starts, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. So th- that's not enough to know, but it's at least a little bit more than what we have. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jeff, uh, right at the beginning of this segment when you said that this is basically going to be spring training 2.0. The rest of this season should not be results based for a lot of these guys. It should be about the repetition. It should be about the reps. It should be about the playing time. And there are a lot of guys that we are going to need to see more of. But listen, Jeff, I'll tell you, coming up beginning today, the news should be frantic and frenzied leading up to the 6.30 p.m. Eastern, that's 12.30 p.m. Hawaii time, trade deadline on Tuesday. Uh, For those that are interested uh, in keeping up with that, make sure you are following us because we will have you covered as the Reds still have some wheeling and dealing to do. We'll look at who is a good bet to be on the move after I tell you where you can find your next good bet, and that's at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs. Uh, If you were over on that site yesterday, you would have seen that BetOnline had the over-under on the number of strikeouts from Nick Lodolo at 6.5. And if you listened to Jeff before the game and took the over like he told you to, you would have won some cash. So head over to BetOnline.net right now and get your bet in on today's action. You can find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including stuff for Major League Baseball, the stuff for the NFL futures. Uh, training camp is open. Games are coming very, very soon. Who day? Take the Bengals to win the AFC North. You can also bet on the combat sports like UFC and boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to lo- learn more about the trends and the action betonline.net it's where the game starts
Thanks for listening to the Locked on Reds podcast. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you check us out on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Coming up tomorrow, we have you covered all throughout the trade deadline, including a live show at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. That's 30, that's about an hour after the deadline. On Tuesday, a live show at 7 p.m. So make sure you are subscribed so you get that notification and you can join us as we talk about what the Reds have done at the deadline. Jeff, the trade deadline is tomorrow. It is here. And there are still a lot of pieces in discussions to be moved. Yeah, and I think we ought to retire this or at least play it for one last time. Because I think that Tyler Malley's getting dealt here. I mean, as depending on when you're listening to this on Monday, he might have already been dealt. I it, the stove is super hot surrounding him, and that we have Nick Crawl to thank because Nick Crawl traded Luis Castillo to not the Dodgers or the Yankees, and so they are just absolutely frantic trying to get Frankie Montes or trying to get Tyler Malley because those are the two best starters who are left. Now, Tyler Malley's probably got some arguments with a couple of other folks, but the starting pitcher market is not as flush as a lot of people thought it was going to be, so there's lots of advantages for the Reds when it comes to trading him however Tyler Malley is not the only dude who is available for this Reds team he, he absolutely not and listen uh, just to finish up the thought on him Jeff you know uh, as we talked about on our emergency podcast over the weekend when Castillo was traded Nick Kroll did a fantastic job by sending uh, Castillo not to the Yankees Dodgers as you mentioned because now that Malley is the the better arm on the market right now you know he may get for Malley what was being offered by the Yankees or the Dodgers for Castillo as desperation sets in and I am here for it and there's a couple other pieces in this Reds roster that some of those same teams are looking at as an example you know Brandon Drury continues to just raise his trade value every single time <laughs> he sets foot on the baseball field he had the, you know, what ended up being the game winner, a homer today in the bottom of the eighth inning, raising that trade value. Uh, according to John Morrissey, uh, as early, as late as yesterday morning, uh, the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Mariners, man, are we going to trade everybody to Seattle? Those three teams <laughs> are all in on Brandon Drury right now, and we may have a little bit of a bidding war. You know, we always talk about ownership meddling. Do they make some kind of deal they can only trade with the Mariners? I don't know. That's probably not the thing at all. But, yeah, it'd be funny to see yet another deal with them. It'd just be like, all right, who else you got in that farm system? Yeah, send them our way. Yeah, we, we took everybody else. Like, all of the Mariners' prospects are now in Cincinnati. No, I, I'd be very interested to see because the, the, the high price that's on Kyle Farmer kind of surprises me a little bit in that I, I i mean i get it he's well respected and stuff like that but i would have thought the high price would have been on jury because jury's just playing absolutely phenomenal and i guess maybe this is more just a career look as opposed to this one season but with reports being that it's farmer and not Drury, that just has me wondering like what are they asking for for jury are we going to get a good deal and i think you know, we still will 
you know, with this farmer talk, I think some of that may be strategic leaks from the Reds front office, because I want to tell you that Barry Larkin loves Kyle Farmer and has been hyping him up. And, and because he is in the fans ears every day saying that, I think the fans have uh, an opinion of Farmer that that may be after the Castillo trade, the hardest pill for the fan base to swallow based on the broadcasting uh, if Kyle Farmer's traded. So I think that some of that is strategic leaking, trying to settle everybody down. They'll, they'll work a trade for Kyle Farmer and they'll tell everybody how wonderful the prospects coming back are. And, you know, people will grumble for a minute and they'll get over it. I think yeah. the Reds absolutely should trade Kyle Farmer because oh, yeah. Kyle Farmer is not in this team's plan beyond 2024. And there's a lot of guys, a lot of talent coming up through this system right now that are going to need to be able to play in that spot that Kyle Farmer is occupying right now. So Kyle Farmer's value is high. He has played a very respectable shortstop. You know, I admit I was wrong. He, he went out there and he has played well uh, as far as defense goes. Uh, he's still a little bit below league average offensively, but I think someone will take him on for a postseason run. And I think now's the time to flip him while you're moving everybody else. And I think that probably the reason they say high asking price is because he has a couple of years of control left. And there's always the possibility that the Reds don't trade him this year and maybe trade him in the offseason or trade him next year because he's going to be a continuous trade ship for them. We know what Farmer is, though. I mean, he's a platoon dude when it comes to the bat. He hits lefties really well and he doesn't hit righties very well at all. And that's kind of what other teams are looking at him for. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. There's a couple of dudes that we're not hearing anything on, but I, I kind of have seen the value. And I understand from the Donovan Solano standpoint, we haven't seen him play very much, but what we have seen has been pretty nice. And then on Matt Reynolds, two guys we were talking about we haven't heard about, I think that they could be valuable at the right spot. And, and I don't know, like, would it be like a Tyler Naquin deal? Possibly, but I, I think that these dudes can be trade ships. I think so too. I think what will happen, Jeff, is they'll suddenly find their way into conversations an hour before the trade deadline. What's going to happen is teams that miss out on the guys they want are going to then look to guys like Solano, look to guys like Reynolds because they didn't get the guy they need. So now they've got to go out and still fill that need. And I think there's going to be some last minute action on those two players. And I think we probably won't hear a whole lot about them until, oh, I don't know, 11 o'clock a.m. Hawaii time on trade deadline day. That would be 5 p.m. Eastern on trade day. Something like that. I don't know. That, <laughs> I was told there'd be no math today. Um, Tommy Pham, too. He's got plenty of interest. Uh, it, it was interesting to note and a little bit disappointing that the Rays were actually pretty heavily interested in him before they finally pulled the trigger on David Peralta from the Arizona Diamondbacks. So you would kind of think that probably takes them out of the running. Now, when I saw the return, I think it was like literally a one for one deal, a minor league catcher for David Peralta. So I don't know, whatever. I think that at the end of the day, whatever the Reds get for Tommy Pham, I almost kind of thought of Tommy Pham as more of an add on to a deal anyway, but I do see him getting moved. 
I think so too. And there's some, there's some speculation that the Brewers are really looking to pick up some outfield help. They're looking so much so to pick up some outfield help that they're actually talking to the Yankees about Gallo. And if you have a choice between bringing Gallo in or bringing Tommy Pham in, who's on a, a short term deal, I think it makes the most sense to, to bring in a Pham type player that already knows the division has had some success and you're not going to be saddled with long-term big money. So, uh, I could see him maybe moving in division, Jeff. Shout out to our uh, friend Bryce Patrick over at Locked On Rangers, as that's where Joey Gallo cut his teeth in the major leagues. He loves him some Joey Gallo. I don't. I'm, I'm just whatever. Like, I'd rather have Tommy Pham. Give me Tommy Pham over him. Anybody else we're trading? I don't think there's well, anybody else. There's not a lot. You you have to look around. No no real action in the bullpen. Maybe somebody would express some interest in a Jeff Hoffman type player, but I doubt it. And sure, yeah. Been <laughs> a little go. injured. He's been a little unsuccessful. So I don't think we're really going to be moving any more pitching other than Tyler Malley. I think it, so. I was at the stadium the other day for a season ticket member question and answer with uh, Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, which we'll talk about a little bit here in a couple of episodes. But um, I saw Jeff Hoffman walking around, and he saw the Locked On shirt, and I think I caught a little bit of a little bit of stink guy uh, coming my way there. As so. you should with your disparaging comments. <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, it's deadline, it's deadline, you know, hug watch season, deadline season, teams are looking for relief help and they could probably have Jeff Hopman on the cheap. So I, I, I could see that happen. I, it, regardless though, the next 24 hours are going to tell us just how committed the front office is to the new way to conduct a rebuild, because I think that they are committed to the way that they should be. And the Luis Castillo trade showed it. However, there's still you know, you trade Tyler Malley, you show me you're all in on the model that they're, you know, they want to emulate. They want to emulate the race. And that's how we're going to end up today's podcast. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. Coming up on the next podcast, we will have a live trade deadline reaction show at 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. That is a time in Hawaii. If you're in Hawaii, <laughs> Look at the world clock app on your phone. I don't know. We will also keep you up to minute if any trades go down between now and then. And thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen to the Lockdown MLB podcast as Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspectives on every single team and the biggest stories around the league. By the way, he thinks Juan Soto is going to the Cardinals. Hmm. That one might hurt. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. It's just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, the next 30, 40-something hours are going to be really, really busy with news galore. So what can people expect from you and me? Folks can expect us to be dialed in on the deadline and Locked On Reds every single day. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.